dawn of the internet, there have been entities that would like nothing more than to bring the technology to its knees. In many ways, it's like the old bank heist. Find a target, locate a weakness in its security, bring down the system, and if you're in it for the money, declare a ransom in return for establishing things as they were. Transportation companies in all four modes have been hit in the last year by cyber attacks. Estes Trucking was most recently down for two weeks. Alaska Railroad Corporation was hit last April. Scandinavian Airlines was successfully attacked last February. And Oslo-based DMV suffered an attack that impacted 1,000 ships in January. But as systems become more complex and modes of transportation become more interconnected on the Internet, the attacks become bolder to the point where the questions have to be asked. Can a hacker control a truck, ship, or railroad, or even bring down a plane? What's the state of transportation cybersecurity? That's today's subject on FreightWaves Presents. And welcome to Freightways Presents. I'm Bill Priestley. The term cyber attack can strike fear into most any business owner these days. With so many businesses requiring the connectivity of the Internet, both publicly and internally, there's always a door for someone to get in and wreak havoc on a business or a single person. January 1, 1993 is considered the birthday of the Internet. Interestingly enough, later that year, a motion picture caught the attention of the nation. But a high school kid that managed to hack his way into a national defense computer and almost start World War III. That movie, if you remember, was called War Games. It's interesting how quickly once an invention comes to light that someone is there to use it for purposes it was not intended for. Nevertheless, the idea of hacking into a computer had early origins, and even though no one has yet managed to bring us to DEFCON 1, as Matthew Broderick did in that movie, the individual and the commercial threat of cyber attacks is very real and can be very detrimental to the logistical world we live in that is more and more reliant on connectivity to survive. Joining us today to talk about the threats specifically to the freight industry are Mickey Diaz, Chief Operating Officer of Unique Logistics, and Antoine Banks, Director of Cybersecurity for the National Motor Freight Traffic Association. Both of you, thanks so much for joining us here for the program this uh, afternoon. Uh, Mickey, let me first start with you here and just kind of getting your sense of cybersecurity in terms of C-suite executives. Um, what's kind of been the feeling amongst C-suite executives about cybersecurity? Is it something they talk about? What concerns them? Or is it something they don't really talk about that much? Uh, it's definitely something that we talk about a lot for the reasons that you mentioned uh, at the start of the show. A lot of uh, logistics companies are being targeted uh, for many reasons. So it's definitely something that we talk about a lot, concerns us, and is part of the budget uh, more so than in the past, right? In the past, we just wanted an operating system to type something. And now it, it really becomes a big part of um, our compliance. What do you think was the catalyst that changed your attitude in terms of it's there and now all of a sudden it's a concern? I think it was when the steamship lines started uh, getting targeted. Um, we also see a lot of a lot of fishing. Uh, I think more more rampant than in other industries, and probably that's because we deal with so many parties in one transaction. You could have five or six parties, right? Customer, shipper, steamship line, airline, trucker, warehouse that you're communicating. So there's a lot of information always being given out and, and taken in. 
And so fishing to us is, is one of the biggest concerns. But yeah, I think it was when, when you started hearing about companies uh, dealing with ransomware. Definitely. That's certainly a major threat there as well. Antoine, I, I kind of laid out a cyber attack as kind of like a bank heist in the open, but really it's not like a bank heist in many respects. And the fact that uh, there, there's uh, not necessarily a ton of planning uh, in necessarily. Uh, yes, you do pick out a target, but there could be multiple targets at the same time. Uh, and also you're not looking basically one attempt uh, to try and rob a bank. Uh, that's In that particular case, in a cyber attack, you probably get who knows how many attempts over the course of a day. So give us a kind of an idea of what you're dealing with in terms of what you're trying to fend off when it comes to evading uh, a cyber activity. Well, um, I'm not, not actually a practitioner now, so I'll talk about when I was a practitioner. Um, you know, I view it as a like a chess game. Uh, the hacker only has to get it right once and they can get in. Uh, but us as defenders, uh, we have to have the people trained. We have, the right, have to have the right resources uh, in place, the right tools in place, the right policies in place to uh, protect our network. Uh, and if you slack up in either one of those, uh, you can potentially let a let a hacker in. Uh, you always have someone scanning your network externally, so you need to scan your networks to find those vulnerabilities uh, before the hackers do. Uh, you really have to train your employees because uh, social engineering e uh, efforts such as phishing, through email, text messages, uh, and social media uh, is an everyday occurrence because, again, phishing is the number one way hackers get in, and then you really have to patch those systems because once you click or once they come in through RDP uh, misconfiguration, then they're looking for a unpatched system so they can actually get into your system. So, you know, I kind of view it as, a, as like a chess match. So uh, kind of take us through a little bit of what you've seen when you were a practitioner in terms of when this kind of, you know, it was, it was out there, you kind of had to watch it a little bit, but now obviously you have to watch it 24-7, if not more so. Uh, yeah, I mean it, it's a daily, daily fight. Your your networks are being scanned every day, and so you have to uh, protect yourself against uh, external threats trying to come through the front door. You have to really have a vendor risk management program in place to make sure that your vendors that you connect to and do business with, if they are attacked and compromised, that it doesn't spread to your system. And then again, as always, I always preach: you got to train your employees not to do something unwise, not to let their guard down and let them in uh, through the front door. So uh, you, can, you can pretty much guarantee that your company is being attacked uh, or being probed on a daily basis. Certainly that, and certainly 24-7 there as well. Mickey, let me turn back to you in terms of what are your major concerns, not just the fact that they're out there and or that a cyber attack is out there, it's, it's obviously probing, it's looking, but what are your major concerns about what could conceivably happen and, and kind of what's your, what's your planning to hopefully that that's, that's not going to happen. It's going to happen. It's just that, that we don't have an attack. Um, we, you know, dealing with the number of customers and the sensitivity of the data, remember that we have not only shipment data, but we have data uh, trans, you know, um, transactions with customs, other government agencies. Logistics are always giving information, taking information from the government agencies. So uh, we take it very seriously. And uh, obviously business interruption is important, um, 
But more important than that is the sensitive information that goes through there, like for TSA and CBP and all of those other agencies. And what, you know, what comes as a result of uh, us being lax in those rules. And so we have, you know, strong business continuity uh, plans, but it's not only for the interruption of business, it's for the type of data that we have and, and making sure that we're segmenting uh, and, and providing different levels for those types of data. Yeah, definitely want to keep your information as secure so as possible. I'm praying always that it doesn't happen. Yes. <laughs> it's a big disruption of business. Um, and and on also, you know, we have to take onus for this for this lack of of, uh, of preventing issues like this. Uh, for me, it, it, you know, it's it's constantly about when we're doing our business continuity planning, always doing a risk assessment, and uh, just daily follow up, yearly audits and vetting of our vendors, and uh, uh, yeah, employee training and and strong access controls. It's, it's, there's a lot to it. As I said before, it was just about having an IT person on the side. Uh, probably never participated in many meetings. I've been in the business for 30 years. IT is always sitting at the table and, and uh, you know, making sure that the company is safe. Yeah, yes, uh, it's, it's, always, it's always interesting when an IT person says, you really don't want this to happen. And yes, you really don't want this to happen uh, in, in yeah. your own line of work there as well. Um, Antoine, this, this is probably a, a different answer for everybody that's, that's trying to get in and do something to nefarious when it comes to cyber attacks, but what are hackers after? I mean, what, I mean, essentially, obviously, Mickey mentioned data, uh, but there's also just simply uh, taking down a system or just being disruptive. What, what are hackers after if there is a larger theme thereafter? Well, it, it just depends on who's doing the hacking. One of the briefs I give, um, it, I break it down who's actually doing the hacking. So countries like China, they're looking for intellectual property. They won't. They want to sit back and let you know uh, American companies invent uh, new technologies, uh, find new oil reserves, things of that nature. Then they just hack in and steal it. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of those cyber crime comes from Russia, North Korea. They have countries like Iran uh, who who are interested in uh, cyber terrorism. Um, so you may have a, a group of hackers that 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 are in for in for it for the money. Some for intellectual property. Uh, they're trying to find your data so they could uh, ransom your data and you have to pay them. Uh, or if you have uh, some sensitive sensitive information, they want to get that and, and, and kind of beat you to the market or either get to the market and sell it cheap. Then you also have uh, what you call hacktivists, people who are in it for some political or religious reason. Uh, they got an ax to grind and they want to bring you down to your knees. So, um, and then you just got sometimes you also have people who are just doing it for a hobby just to see what they can do. So you kind of got to uh, defend against all groups of hackers because it's different people hacking for different reasons. And you may not. And know another thing I like to add, in addition, in addition to paying the ransom uh, and being down and have a service disruption, almost all compromises in in a class action lawsuit. So uh, a lot of companies, they'll think about the operational impact, the loss of revenue, uh, the loss of reputation, but uh, in almost all cases, they're going to be a very large class action lawsuit. So cybersecurity doesn't make you money but in the beginning, but it can save you a lot in the end. That's definitely, that's, that's definitely true there. 
Um, Mickey, not too long ago, uh, Estes Trucking, as mentioned in the open, got hit with a cyber attack. They were basically down for about two weeks or so before they announced a, a few days ago that they were back up online 100% and ready to go. Um, it seems like in that particular case, and I know that there are some that are worse and there are some that are better, but it seems like we're, getting, we're hearing one of these uh, reports every so often, every month, every two months. Uh, we're having we're hearing about a cyber attack coming out, and it, it seems like, at least in that particular case, maybe others as well, that it's almost like, well, this is just the cost of doing business. I mean, yeah, you got caught, somebody broke in, okay, uh, but is, is this something that uh, you know is 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 so pertinent and threatening out there that it's just something you're going to have to deal with at some point? People think it's just going to happen. Uh, I would rather think of it as is a cost of being. Uh, doing business to be preventative, right? right. Um, and not letting it happen. Uh, but it is definitely a cost. <laughs> um, but but yes, you, you definitely want that to be preventative. And all of the things that Antoine said were right. Uh, most of the time they're coming in through email. Uh, and we in the in the industry get, you know, dozens of email on, on one transaction. So it's definitely about employee training and cult and social culture uh, because we cannot afford to have zero trust policies like some other companies if you were manufacturing or something uh, so we actually need you know need our employees to get and and, and give information um, so it costs us a lot of money to put things in place uh, to protect this data uh, but it's it's worth it, like Antoine said. It, I mean, the the not doing it uh, mm -hmm. opens you up to a lot of things, legal and uh, and security. Yeah, uh, Antoine. Threats, right? Antoine, let's jump into the human element just a little bit. How much of this uh, as cyber attacks are are simply somebody just hacking into a computer, and how much of it do they need someone else's hand, if you will? They need somebody to click on a link, or they need someone to make a password open? How much is the human element at fault as much as, say, for instance, just the machinery that someone can try and hack into without anybody else's help? Well, as, as a former practitioner, my, you know, my, my, uh, my view is kind of skewed. Uh, okay. I would say 100% uh, is human error. Uh, I would say 90% is someone clicking on the email um, or misconfiguring a, um, a network, you know, computers are dumb. Networks are dumb. They're going to do what you tell them. So if you don't configure it right, it's almost like going on vacation and locking the front door but not locking the back door or the, uh, leaving the ground floor windows unlocked. Someone's going to go around and check if they know you're on vacation, and, and they're going to come through that back door, that 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 that, uh, that ground door. So uh, I would say 100% is either training or having an outside person come in and assess your network on a routine basis to make sure that nothing has changed and nothing is unsecure. Definitely there. Mickey, as, when you look at, at this from just an industry standpoint, all the way across the freight industry, um, how secure do you think the freight industry is? <laughs> I don't, I doubt that. Let me ask that question with a bit of a comment because obviously there are certain entities, say for instance, just the technology, the, the, the Apples, the Microsofts, that particular you know end of things. Obviously, they're very, very protective of anything that because that's that's their business. But in terms of the freight industry, how how do you think 
is is it still is cybersecurity still something that's thought of across the board as nah, it's 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 necessary but it's not that necessary or is it really like you've mentioned 100% 24/7 monitoring that you have to do yeah i hope uh, that uh, all of the recent events teach people but i believe because there's so many uh, parties to to the logistics industry um, i believe that and so many employees right um, I believe that we still have a ways to go. I want to say that, uh, I, I think companies do not take it as seriously as they can. And our, our, our customers are teaching us that customers are requiring you to tell them what you are doing now. And that is forcing the logistics, uh, the logistics, uh, business to do better at it. Uh, but I think because there's so many and uh, there's, you know, so many different sizes, I don't think it's it's as secure as we need to be, mm -hmm. considering the information that we are uh, responsible for. Absolutely there. Um, Antoine, let me switch gears to a question that I've really wanted to ask for a long time. And I know that a lot of people are, are, are seeing technology expand and things are developing and all of a sudden artificial intelligence is now part of our world, at least for a little bit, and certainly is going to be growing over the course of the next few decades or so. Uh, how dangerous are cyber attacks if AI is involved as well? If someone can get into a computer where machine learning is involved, is that something that is scary or is that something that can be dealt with in the same way that, that problems are dealt with these days? Well, I won't talk about machine learning, but I will talk about how criminals are using AI and it, uh, it has uh, increased the uh, threat level. Mm -hmm. uh, one, most people used to could look at a, uh, a phishing email and because the, the grammar was poor, uh, the English was uh, poor, um, you could look at it and say, okay, this, this has to be a phishing email because the people who were sending the emails were normally overseas and didn't have a good command uh, of English. But through the use of uh, chat GPT, uh, and artificial intelligence, those phishing emails have perfect English, perfect diction. Uh, so you cannot rely on a uh, poorly written email to decide whether or not it's phishing or not. What's really dangerous is the fact that uh, artificial intelligence can now listen, listen to the uh, leadership's voice. If you're in the news, in the media, they can listen to your voice, and then they can actually use your voice to call employees Sound just like you have a conversation with you, convince you to wire your money to a uh, unauthorized site, and after it's done, you know you, that leader will say, "Why did you do that?" The employee will say, "Well, you told me to." No, I didn't. When did this happen? We had a conversation, and so you got to have a second factor because now you really can't even uh, 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 believe what you hear, and you can't believe what you see. There's a new attack where people are actually uh, recording a person's face and voice, and they're calling their parents. Or friends and saying, "Hey, I'm in trouble." And you actually looking at the person on a, on a video call or talking to them on the phone, hearing their voice, and they're saying, "I'm in trouble. I'm on vacation. I got locked up. Or I need money." And it is very realistic, and uh, the elderly are falling for it, uh, you know, at an unbelievable pace. So training uh, is important because the new uh, use of AI in cyber attacks has really ratcheted up the game. That's definitely something to be concerned about there as well. Um, Mickey, one of the things that, uh, that uh, is, is interesting about how this whole entire thing has evolved is, of course, 
We've already talked about prevention. Prevention, obviously, is something you've got to do 24-7. But what about in the event that your business, and not yours specifically, but just any business, gets hit by a cyber attack? Do you need to have a plan in place already if in case something happens or... I mean, do you, do you need to be that prepared for something neg- negative, unfortunately, if it does happen, as opposed to just hoping that, you know, your IT department is going to hold up and everything's going to be fine? Yeah. One of the things that, yes, you definitely need to have business and, continuity plan. And, and, and let me ask, uh, what's, what's a part of that plan, if you, if you would like to divulge? Yeah. And, and you need to assume failure. Um, so one of the things that we do is we, we do business continuity plans and we assume that everything's going to be okay. Um, but if you, you know, go ahead and test those and go through actual testing, uh, with employees, you can find out what your pitfalls are. It's not going to go as planned. Uh, some of those type of plans can be ensuring that your backups and your redundancies are you know, up to date and and that they're actually working, that you can actually use them. People say, I have a backup of everything. And then they go to use it and they cannot. Um, so you need to make sure that you test that. Um, and, and we've seen that, right? You it Has your email ever gone down and it takes IT, you know, I'm, no, no offense, Antoine, it takes them a week to get it back up. Well, you had a backup of my email. So uh, going through iterations and testing that it works is very important. Uh, and I think that's one of the ways that you can make sure uh, that it doesn't affect your business as much. Uh, but yes, definitely planning and checking uh, to make sure that those plans work uh, is important. And I think we started to go through this, you know, you said, when did we talk about cybersecurity? It was when, when the major companies started getting hit. But when did we start knowing that we had a test uh, our IT capabilities was when COVID hit. Uh, you had an opportunity or you had a need uh, to test everything that you did. Uh, one of the other things that Antoine didn't mention, but former employees can also be uh, an issue with cybersecurity. So you, you really just, um, I think that brought up the, the, the notion that that IT was to the side was kind of uh, put forefront when COVID hit because that is when we needed everything or all things internet to work. Uh, And that is when we started running into issues, right? Everybody had to have a cell phone, everybody had a a laptop, everybody had uh, monitors. and, And so all of that, you started issuing more equipment, which opened you up uh, to more issues and more phishing issues, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great point there about COVID and, and, and having to test your backup system. Antoine, I think I read an article that I think you wrote not too long ago uh, that said something to the effect of uh, make sure that uh, obviously your backup systems are good, but also a hacker could attack the backup system first and then attack the regular system. And then all of a sudden your backup is down and you don't know what you're doing. That said, uh, just going back to the question of if you do get hit, what do you think are some best practices in terms of trying to get through it as quickly as possible, law enforcement if necessary, what would you do? Well, I, I, love, I, love, what, I love to hear a CEO talk uh, like she just talked. It let, lets me know that the leadership is involved uh, <laughs> with the security program. So kudos to you. Uh, things that will help you get back up uh, quick is um, backups, uh, but not just backups. You got to have uh, what I like to call uh, immutable backups. 
uh, and they need to be offline. So uh, if a person compromises your network, they can't easily jump to your network. And if, if it is online, it's an immutable backup. It can't be overridden because what hackers do now, they if they're on your network, they're going to they're gonna look for three things. <laughs> First thing they're going to look for uh, is your backups. And if they can encrypt your backups, then they know they really got you down. Uh, they're going to look for your insurance policy. Uh, they understand how much money uh, they can uh, extort out of you. And then they're going to look for employee and customer data so they could um, they can they can hold you ransom. So having good backups, understanding what your uh, your RPO and your RTO recovery time objective. Each business unit needs to know how long they can function uh, being down, and then each business unit needs to know how far back they need data. Uh, accounts payable, payroll may need data for the last two weeks and don't care about last month. Uh, but somebody else may need uh, data uh, months uh, ago. So every business unit needs to know, understand the RPO, RTO. You need immutable backups. You need a restore plan. And you definitely need an incident response plan. Now, I used to like to have two separate plans. I like I used to like to have the incident response plan that the leadership use. You, you, you got legal. You got your um, communications talking to the public. You got your executive team talking to each other. And then you got a separate plan, which I like to call the playbook, the people who are actually putting out the fire. Because if you have one plan, uh, the leadership is going to call IT every three minutes, every five minutes. What's the status? What are they doing? What do I need to tell them? And so if you got two plans uh, working at the executive level and one at the firefighter level with somebody in between, uh, I, I think it's a, a little bit more effective. Well, we're going to have to, unfortunately, hold it there in terms of this discussion, but uh, certainly enlightening in terms of what you got to do to obviously avoid and be pre prepared, preventative, and also what you need to do in uh, the unfortunate case of if you do get hit by an attack there as well. Vicky Diaz and uh, Antoine Banks, thanks so much for joining us for our, this edition of Fairways Presents. Thank you. Enjoy it. Well, the world has certainly gotten a lot closer since 1993 when the public was given access to the Internet. However, it has also kindled the old adage from Sun Tzu, who said, keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer. Indeed, our enemies are much closer than we might want, whether we like it or not. Hopefully, with vigilance and preparation, companies in transportation or any industry will be able to stave off attacks from those they want that want attention, money or worse. Anything less than that on our part, and we might just be playing a game we can't afford to lose. That's going to do it for this edition of Freight Waves Presents. I'm Bill Priestley.